0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. I am Joe Galena. And as always, I am joined by my buddy, Scott Chu. How's it going there, Scott?
2: Not too bad. Not too bad at all. We just had a, another baby shower, so there's more stuff. Oh, that my I, God. Some, That's just I had More stuff I got to shove into my garage or my basement or my house somewhere. But other than that, you know, things are things are going good. Just uh, yeah. just hoping that they, they stay cooking long enough to uh, head to New York in March.
1: New York? So what's going on in March? <laughs> you tell me, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing that uh you and I both were invited to participate in Tout Wars. And we're recording this podcast on February 19th. And my draft is exactly one month away. I'm doing the auction draft mixed uh league draft, and uh you were also invited. It's it's
2: amazing. It's for me, it's a lifelong dream, tell you the truth. Joe, we're actually going to be in the same league. Are you really? I, I mean, that's my understanding is I'm in the, oh, you know, what? I'm in the 15 team. I think Yeah, I'm in the 12. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the 15, but you're in the 12. Mm-hmm. We, we've we got our, we've got our mixed auction drafts.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. That, w- that would have been cool if we would have battled each other. Right. <laughs> uh, we'd have to like, maybe we'd, uh, you know, maybe have to, uh, Ask,
2: you might have to uh, find yourself a new podcast partner. I was going to
1: say, yeah, that's what I was trying to get. I was trying to be you know, kind about it, but, you know, we're going to share uh, secrets here. But no, it's, it's so cool and uh, so grateful to be invited to take part in it. So uh, really looking forward to it. But uh, hey, you know, uh, baseball season, I'm sure we have a lot of new people joining in because, uh, you know, Super Bowl is behind this football season behind this. And, you know, uh, what is it, five days until we see our first uh, exhi- uh, exhibition game, uh, spring training game. So, you know, it, it's baseball season, Scott.
2: Yeah, I think someone posted that uh, starting today right or yeah today this is the last sunday without baseball for like (laughs) 10 something ridiculous like eight months or something like that so (laughs) so that's that's a lot of fun we're finally getting back into it uh we're we're gonna have some news to to overreact to in just a few more days
1: yeah well yeah you you know leading right up to it, I do have some news. And, you know, I hesitate to throw news out because so much new uh, information comes out on, on a daily and hourly basis, really. But I'll, I'll just mention, I'll highlight a few. So, Liam Hendricks threw a bullpen session on Friday. Uh, Hendricks, obviously, the uh, closer for the White Sox uh, battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We wish him the best. Uh, Adeboto Mondesi Uh, Red Sox shortstop at least that's what we think right we were joking around right before the podcast Um, no timetable for his return Uh, expected to open the season on the IL remember he's coming back from a torn ACL Jacob deGrom now this is a shocker right Uh, experiencing some left side soreness Uh, is expected to play catch on Sunday and Sunday is today the day that we are recording so uh, you know once our podcast drops you'll get more information on that. Lance McCullers Jr. no stranger to the IL, the Astros pitcher has been temporarily shut down from throwing after experiencing some arm soreness. And Dustin May, Dodgers pitcher, recovering from uh, Tommy John surgery, will have an innings limit on uh, the, for for this season. So he's going to pitch. He's going but uh, going to be on an innings limit. So. um any of this, uh you know, shock, I mean, the the Grom news, it's kind of, you know, you hate to, you know, see anybody hurt or whatever, but hopefully it's something minor. But, you know, especially with him and Mondesi and, and McCullough is so injury prone.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it, it's all sort of news and it's all sort of not news in that hmm. we expect these, you know, McCullough's is on an innings. I mean, any it, any players on an innings limit when they come off Tommy John surgery, not just from a like realistic standpoint, like their, their team will have them on the innings limit, but there's also just an expectation standard, right? Like fewer of those innings will be useful. You're never, whenever someone's coming off of a major injury, you're never projecting like full playing time the next year. That's just not how that works, especially with Tommy John, but guys like, you know, Mondesi, his projection playing time just doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Right, He doesn't change. There's no timetable, but that's because the, you know, they don't really, he could come back in two months and barely miss any time. Right. So, you know, he's, he doesn't have a timetable, but there's not a lot of timetable that's needed for him. If you're drafting him and you're expecting more than 80 games, I think you're out of your mind.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So like
2: for them to say, oh, he might start out a little slower. That's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, I know.
1: Tell me something I didn't know. (laughs)
2: Yeah, same for same for DeGrom, like to hear about him having some tightness, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't expect him to throw 180 innings. That's just not going to happen. I still think he can be fantasy's best pitcher, theoretically, even if he only throws 120, 130. Right. Just Mm -hmm. because of the the massive amount of like just the massive quality you get from a lower quantity. So it's all news, but it's all kind of not news. It doesn't Mm. really change anything about any of those players.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. It doesn't push the needle, we'll say, right? So, I eh, just thought I'd throw it out there. So, um, but uh, this week we're going to continue our positional previews. Going to uh, preview the catcher position, and uh, in the past it's been a really tough position for fantasy baseball. But you know we've gotten a little infusion of youth, uh, and we have a uh, few uh, catchers that are now. In their prime. Right. We have some some really young guys and we have some guys that have been in the league for a couple of years that uh, have proven to be fantasy baseball assets that we'll talk about. But uh, it's been it seems that like the the catcher position isn't, you know, uh, as 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 scarce as like the second base or third base position you know that we talked about in previous episodes.
2: I actually find that it's harder to deal with because in my mind, catcher was always a get one of the top couple or just stream it. There wasn't a mm-hmm. lot of thinking involved. If you liked the value of a JT Rio or a Will Smith or something like that, or a Wilson Contreras, you grabbed them. And if you didn't, and you didn't have a catcher by like round 11 or 12, you just didn't draft one. Like mm-hmm. it was like your final pick. It was like a kicker, right? right. I mean, right. it's one of these things where you could get a good one and it can make a difference. Or you could just not, it doesn't matter that much, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what's happening is that the, what I call the streaming line, right? There's only so many catchers that are above the streaming line that are above just trying to manage it on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. That, that number of catchers is a lot higher now. So while you'll have fewer people contending with you for streaming catchers, the bar for those catchers you're streaming to meet is a lot higher. So the mm-hmm. replacement level is actually, despite the fact that we have more good catchers, the re, it's actually meaning the replacement level is sort of dropping in relation because that mm-hmm. baseline for what a good catcher is keeps going up because right. the guys that we're going to talk about in tier, you know, tier two, really uh, tier two doesn't end till, num- you know, number six and then tier three goes through really like 10 guys, right? Those top 10 guys, you're probably not going to, you're not going to stream against those. Right. There's Correct. 10 decent catchers, which means there's only two more that like, yeah, there's probably two people in your league that will very much consider streaming it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more difficult because yeah. the margin for error is so tight now.
1: Fifteen team are still tough and uh, it's still very tough when you're playing in a two catcher league.
2: If there were 30 good catchers in baseball, <laughs> then, <laughs> then a lot of teams would be a lot happier about it. Right. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just not. There's Mm. not 30 good offensive catchers. It's one of those things that you never hear that like a team, the one thing they're missing is an offensive presence at catcher because you can't like, they're just not out there. Right. Right. Teams, teams don't need it. They're like, it's cool to get one, but that's never what we're missing. Especially Mm -hmm. now that the DH is in all leagues teams will absolutely sacrifice offense for a good defensive catcher. That's the value they bring. Uh, It's actually one of the reasons that some of these catchers that we like will, you know sit more often than you think simply because some of the pitchers have a preferred defensive catcher who calls mm-hmm. games better for them who catches them better so yes. uh, that's really the other thing is that playing time again that's becoming a little tougher because we do have a few more full-time catchers than we've mm-hmm. had before uh when it starts platooning happens just a little later in the rankings uh, but it also means like everything on the wire it's going to be a lot of guys who just don't play all the time
0: right. and
2: that's another downside to streaming is that because the number of good catchers who will play 100, you know, play like a, more than 110 games keeps going up. It makes streaming just that much harder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we dive right in? Um, got your uh, we're using your player rankings that you could find on uh, PitcherList.com. And uh, your first tier starts off with uh, JT Riamuto, uh, Dalton Varsho. Will Smith, so uh, JT Rimuto, going to be 32 years old this uh, season. Overall, really consistent. Six straight seasons of at least 531 at-bats, you know, excluding uh, the 2020 season. Always been a little bit of a a stolen base threat, you know, uh, as far as, uh, you know, catchers go. But took it to a new level with a career-high 21 stolen bases last season, 13 the year before. A um, couple of splits to talk about last year: uh, home away splits. He batted uh, 314 with a 909 OPS playing at home, 237 with a 729 OPS on the road. And uh, first half, second half last year, uh, batted uh, 252 with a 722 OPS. First half really turned it on with a 307 batting average and 949 OPS uh, in the second half um yeah i'll just talk about varsho real quick going to be 27 in july uh seems to be uh, you know a lot of people have differing opinions on him uh low batting average last season low obp but he kind of had a, a breakout season last year uh breaking balls have given him fits over the past two season 199 191 batting average against last season Uh, The thing is, he's catcher and outfield eligible, this guy. So likely to lose that catcher eligibility uh, after this season. But uh, with the changes to Rogers Center, uh, as a lefty hitter hitting most of his home runs to right field, we're going to have to see how it plays out because they're bringing some of the the fences in and they're raising the wall. So we'll see what that happens, what happens there. But the last guy in this tier, Will Smith, uh, catcher for the Dodgers, second straight season with over 500 plate appearances you know right smack in his prime uh, 27 years old good power uh 33 home run 162 game average good plate discipline doesn't chase pitches outside the strike zone and had an 83.2% contact rate league average is 76.6
2: yeah so i'll i'll try to hit on all those guys pretty quick number 1 jt realmuto is the only five category catcher the only truly five category catcher in batting average and obp leagues What's weird is that he's really done most of his stealing since he got past age 30, which is just really bizarre, particularly for a catcher, right? He had never stolen more than 12 bases before he turned 30. And then he's now got a 13 stolen base season and a 20 stolen base season. Uh, The, the change in the bags might impact it a little bit, but also his team now has Trey Turner. So they might not need JT to steal quite so often. Hard, you know, hard to imagine exactly how many gets. I like the projections though. They're all kind of giving him 15. You know, Uh, and then for home for home runs, uh, he hasn't hit fewer than 17 home runs in a full season since 2016. So that's your I mean, that's the floor, right? 17 home runs. I have probably got him closer to 20, you know, maybe 22, something like that. So he's just a guy. He does it all. So, again, only five category one. And he's one of the few catchers who plays enough to qualify for the batting title. So, I mean that's a big deal. If you go year to year and see which catchers uh, are in the race for the batting title, it's never more than like 4 or 5. Right, right. Like there's just not that many that do it. JT Realmuto stays very healthy, so uh really like him, that's why he's number 1 overall. He has best catcher in fantasy ceiling and it's hard to imagine a floor where he finishes outside the top 3. Right? Just hard to picture that for JT Realmuto. Right. Dalton Varshow does have a lower floor and that's because I just don't think the batting average is going to get a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. I know he's shown some flashes of having good plate discipline and all that stuff, but he just doesn't hit the ball that hard, right? Most of his contact isn't very good. He of course still had 27 home runs because when he hits it, right, he hits it a long way, but he makes a lot of bad contact. I don't want to say he can't hit the ball hard, just that he makes a lot of contact that isn't good. He needs to be a little more selective there. Uh, you can probably tell that from from some of his ratios, but he just he needs to pick better pitches because he attacks certain pitches that just don't make sense. He can't do anything with them so he can make contact and it just won't go anywhere, not because he isn't strong, but because it's just hard to hit those pitches very far. Right. Like mm-hmm. breaking balls. He, right. he swing <laughs> He tries to hit too many of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the other thing in dynasty that the only, this only really matters for dynasty. He is likely to lose that catcher eligibility after this season. And that's going to change his value in dynasty considerably because as just an outfielder, he's what a, a poor man's Adolis Garcia who can't Ooh. steal as much good it, comp, it drops, yeah. it drops him quite a bit. So, you know, if, if you're looking in like, you know, mid season ish, June, July—you're definitely out of it. You've got Varsho. Uh, I think this is the time you could move him for the most value, simply because someone's going to—you know—someone's going to value that catching eligibility more than you will, because mm-hmm. you'll want it next year, and Varsho's only got it for this season. Right. Of course, that changes in Yahoo if he gets close to five starts. You only need five starts in Yahoo to get that eligibility though it's hard to imagine him getting any with Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk already on the roster. They just don't need him to catch. Right. So that's the thing for our show. And I just I I don't I don't love the bat. Like I don't think the batting average is ever going to be good. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So he's four categories instead of five. Right. Then that's with Will so Smith, racist. he's also Will Smith is also four categories. He's actually tied for first in run scored, second in home run, second in RBI, sixth in OBP, eighth in batting average among the 60 catchers with at least 300 plate appearances since the start of 2021. In other words, as I mentioned in the article, he does everything except steal better than other catchers. He just, <laughs> he hits the ball I mean, he just really hits the ball hard as long as you don't care about steals. And there's lots of formats where you don't, right? Either maybe you've already got steals. Because of your early draft picks, you know, you have a Trey Turner, you have a, you know, you have a Ronald Acuna, you have, you know, you have guys that already steal by the time you think about taking a catcher with Will Smith. This is probably, you know, there's, there's maybe two catchers who I think could hit 30 home runs. Uh, I don't quite have Varsho there. I don't think he has that kind of power. I think 27 is closer to that ceiling. There's only two of them. And one of them, we're not going to talk about again for a long time right it's Will Smith and like Cal Raleigh so Will Smith has that kind of power the bat projection system which you know one of the better ones out there uh they actually do suggest he can hit 30 home runs with the type of playing time he has he's you know th- that actually the bat doesn't project any other catcher to hit 25 home runs just Will Smith so he's the premier power catcher that comes with good averages uh he gets plenty of you know for all the talk of the Dodger offense being worse the the Pakoda projections that just came out still have the Dodgers as the best offense in baseball, right? This is still a deep offense, right? It's not the same, right? It's not the most overwhelmingly good offense out there, but I mean, the weakness to the Dodger lineups, the back part of it, that's true of basically every offense in baseball right now. Nobody's deep through like seven, eight, nine anymore, right? Mm. Teams have just sort of reshifted a little bit. This is still one of the best offenses in baseball, and he's going to bat probably third for Again, one of the best offenses in baseball. So I really like Will Smith. Uh, it's nice that he's the only one out there, I think, still. I'm not sure you can draft the other Will Smith, the, the reliever that used to just kill <laughs> every once in a while. You'd see a draft get screwed up because they took the wrong Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. There's just the one yeah. now. He's on uh, the Astros
1: just- now. No, I think he's on the Astros. Did he retire? Oh, is he? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. It it just doesn't happen
2: anymore. (laughs) We found better ways to deal with that. It's not like Luis Garcia where there's like eight of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, with Will Smith, you know, again, just the – He's, well, maybe you're right.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I, I thought he was with the Astros. I know he was traded there last year. Uh, maybe he's still a free agent. Sorry.
2: Yeah, no, no, that's right. That's not the important part of this, Joe. Yeah, I know. So. Will, Will Smith does it all except steal bases. So uh, especially if you've already got stolen bases wrapped up, uh, then you might even move Will Smith to your number two or maybe even number one catcher. Because if you don't mm-hmm. care about steals, Will Smith is your guy.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned the Dodgers offense. You look at this lineup from top to bottom. It is kind of strange in a way, right? I mean, you just hope that right in the middle, they project J.D. Martinez to bat fifth and you could have like a little bit of a rebound. Then you have Miguel Vargas batting ninth at second base. He's got some some power, some speed potential. But this is a very different looking offense for the Dodgers. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh how uh they pan out this season um so you think that they're going to be like a, another 95 to 100 team uh win winning season
2: you know just curious yeah i, I mean one hundred eleven. yeah there's a lot of reasons to think that right they've still got they've still got pretty deep pitching right yeah. even if guys like tiny uh tony gonsolin take a step back Right. They could get some step forwards from guys like Dustin May, Noah Syndergaard. They still got Clayton Kershaw and Julio Urias uh, right at the top of that rotation. And again, Will Smith's going to bat third in front of him is Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And right behind him is Max Muncie. and any kind of rebound from J.D. Martinez. Right. That's plenty of ways to get runs in RBI. That is
1: good. Top five. Yes.
2: Yeah, especially, especially the top four, right? With Betts, Freeman, Smith, Muncy, especially mm-hmm. Muncy, as we talked about in our second and third base episodes with him being healthy again, that power yep. being there. That's yep. that's three or that's four guys who I think all have like 350 or better OBP just sitting there, mm-hmm. right? Like right at the top of this lineup. So even just that part of it could really fill up uh, the stat sheet. So, and Will Smith's right and probably the perfect part of it. You're telling me one of Mookie Bats or Freddie Freeman won't be on base every time Will Smith goes up. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just, it's, it's a really nice place to be. So it's a good offense. Will Smith bats third for them. It's, it's something that again, if you don't care about steals, either your format doesn't value them very much or you've already got them. Will Smith, you could argue, could be your number one catcher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next tier, Salvador Perez, Adley Rushman, and Alejandro Kirk you know you had mentioned uh that some of the projection systems um not really uh, picking too many catches to hit 30 home runs I think Perez has a really good shot I mean 20 plus home runs in in six straight full seasons uh I know he missed five weeks last year but uh, had 23 homers and 76 RBI in just 114 games and I, I know that 48 Homer season in 2021 is probably an outlier, but uh, did have a strong finish. And I think, uh, I know he's going to be 33, but you know, with the uh, MJ Melendez probably, you know, sneaking in and catches some games too. I mean, Perez is probably going to DH a little bit, right? I think he's got a good shot at 30 home runs. No.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, there, there's plenty of projection systems that believe that that's true. I worry a little bit about the playing time uh, just because, you know, last year, it was 114 games. He's coming into his age 33 season. There's a ton of tread on these tires as a catcher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he was playing yet in 2014. He played 150 games, right? He had, he had a bunch of seasons in a row where he just caught more than everybody. I I have to imagine that stuff on the body. If he plays a 120 games, he could, but let's remember that he only has one season with 30 home runs, Mm. right? He's gotten close before, but he's only got the one. 2021 is the only time he actually hit more than 30 home runs. His, his high beyond that was 27. He did that in 2017 and 2018. Uh, but, you know, last year it was only it was only 23. He did deal with those injuries. He could hit 30 home runs. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say then there's three with a decent chance. But yeah. I, I do find Will Smith to be a better bet. Uh, and Cal Rayleigh, assuming he gets playing time, is more just pure power. It wouldn't come with a nice batting average, though. So that is one yeah. thing that that Sal can do that. Yeah. Others can't, he won't get a good, I mean, his OBP will be trash. Uh, it's, you know, his career OBP is three Oh one mm. and that's, that's it. Right. He has right. a lot of seasons under 300 mm-hmm, <laughs> OBP because mm-hmm. he just doesn't walk. He, he prefers to swing, which is fine, but he can, you know, he can rack up RBIs as good as any catcher. You should really think of 80 RBI at catcher sort of like 95 to hundred. For Mm -hmm. other positions when you're trying to understand what's a lot of 80 is a lot for a catcher. I do think he can get that. Uh, but Sal, you know, again, it's, it's a bit of injury risk, although that's not as big of a deal at catcher. It's more of a, it's more of a big deal when you're trying to predict how many home runs he can hit.
1: Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. He, like I said, he played only 114 games, but there is an explanation for it. Obviously, you know, he had a, a thumb injury that required surgery. So but you're right at 33 years old, you know, catcher's body just takes a lot of wear and tear. So but I just think that uh, Melendez there is going to help to uh, keep Perez's uh, bat in the lineup at DH. But we'll see. But what do you think about Rushman? We talked about him in a previous oh, I, episode. Uh, I,
2: I love Adley Rushman. Uh, yeah, I love Adley Rushman you know, if you, if you go to my ranks on pitcher list, this is one of the first charts I really started sharing with people. This guy can make contact. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he is able to put his bat on just about every ball. I think we saw him get a little better about choosing when to hit in the second half last season. He hit 275, 399, 462, 16.7% walk rate, 18.1% strikeout rate, -hmm. right? That's you know, the, the other crazy is that he had 45 runs scored in that stretch on a Baltimore offense. that's improving because he hits near the top of it. That 45 runs scored in the second half is as many as Michael Harris and more than Boba Chet. Hmm. That's how many runs scored this guy put up. I think this Baltimore offense is getting a bit better. I think Adley Rutchman's is going to be a big reason for that. I really like him in OBP. I'm not saying he can be a 400 OBP guy. But if I had to project what catchers could do that or what catchers might put up that even walk to strikeout rate. There's not many. There's really him and, like, a guy we'll talk about in a second, Uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk, but Alejandro Kirk does it in a very different way. Mm -hmm. He's not likely to be more than 10 or 11% for both, whereas Rutschman, he really could be 15% walk rate, 15% strikeout rate. I mean, no one's going to project him for that, but if that's how he gets pitched, that's what he'll do. Mm -hmm. Adley Rutschman, it just fantastic bat to ball ability he's not like a 30 home run hitter or anything like that but the hit tool is just elite particularly at this position I'm not sure there are any catchers who I think have a better hit tool than right. Alejandro or, sorry than Adley Rutschman I, right. I don't think in a 130 140 game season which is very much something I think the the Orioles want to do for him uh, I think he could be a you know, I think the lowest projection out there is sort of probably like 14 or 15, but he could definitely get to 20. That's yep. very realistic, uh, even though it's a little harder for right handers to hit home runs in in that park now. I mean, even if you only get the, the slash line he had for the full season where he spent the beginning part of it really going through some growing pains, mm-hmm. you, you get what? 254, 362, 445. That's fantastic. Really? He had like 70 runs scored in 113 games at catcher, right? The RBI total will be a little bit lower unlike some of these other catchers that bat third or fourth because I think Adley's going to bat second, which yep. just limits your ability to get some RBIs, but he's just an elite talent. He's my number 1 dynasty catcher, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it for me. He doesn't steal bases, but who cares?
1: I mean, what I love about him is what you mentioned that you know he had a really he got better as the season wore on. So, I mean, really started off first 45 games, 215 batting average, 709 OPS. Then those uh, last 68 games, like you mentioned, uh, 279 batting average, 867 OPS, but 16.4% walk rate and a 17.8% K rate in those last 68 games. Uh, Such discipline for a young player. You don't see that often. I mean, he... he
2: uh, those pitches so well.
1: Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will, you know, uh, negative on last season was only batted 174 against lefties. They're not going to platoon him. <laughs> but, the, you know, it was a significant amount of a bats 98. Well, you know, we'll see. Hopefully that, that'll that change. But 280 against righties, 174 against lefties. So, I mean, no one's perfect, right? But uh, you mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: no, it needs a switch hitter as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, Obviously, you know there's some. This team has dealt with switch hitters before, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I don't think they'll abandon it the way they did. I name Mullins. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, we're also talking about again. I think you you were smart to point this out. It is a much smaller sample. It's 98. We know that splits data can be really fluky from year to year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to really project that, especially for a switch hitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's because are just so, especially for catchers. Catchers are sort of like tight ends. I've already compared them to to kickers, but they're actually more like tight ends. and And part of that is because of the learning curve they have when they get to the major leagues. It's not you know, like what wide receivers just have to learn routes, right? They got to get their routes down. They got to learn how to beat some of the bigger corners in the NFL. Whereas with catchers, they're not just learning to hit at the major league level. They're learning to catch their major league pitchers who they've mm-hmm. never worked with. So uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons we really see him grow in the second half. Uh, And I think it's a reason we can expect, again, prospect growth isn't linear. We can't expect them to just get better and better and better. But there's a lot of things to suggest that the floor for Adley Rutschman is very, very high.
1: Yep. Yep. Why don't we take a quick break? You uh, uh, kind of there's another uh, catcher that we want to talk about that you said has some really good plate discipline. We're going to finish off this tier right after this. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast, Joe Galina, and Scott Chu. Uh, Scott, the last catcher in your second tier is Alejandro Kirk from the Blue Jays. Good plate discipline, like you mentioned. More walks than strikeouts. (laughs) Last season, 63 walks, 58 strikeouts. Uh, Got off to a fast start. And then uh, kind of finished uh, lost uh, some momentum 241 with two home runs in his final 49 games of the season 48% career ground ball rate i think that's going to obviously limit his his home run uh, production overall I don't, I don't see him as a you know a 25 30 guy, a home run kind of guy but uh above average contact rate like you mentioned uh it's going to keep that batting average high
2: yeah and batting average is something i feel very comfortable with With Alejandro Kirk, Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. He's going to be able to slap balls, put them in play. He doesn't, obviously he doesn't steal, but he's got very much like a Luis Arias, Jeff McNeil sort of feel on that end. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Just a lot of balls in play. He takes his walks. He doesn't strike out in points leagues. I probably bump him up just a little bit. Um, I don't know how high simply because this tier is already pretty loaded, Um, but you'd at least you know, increase the gap between Kirk and the catchers that are behind him in these rankings in a points league simply because he he's perfect for those leagues, the way he slaps the ball around. It's power that I'm worried about. I I talk about this in the article. Uh, First things first, he sort of got this reverse. You know, we talked about Adley Rutschman before the break and how he started slow and then really heated up. Kirk is the opposite, right? He has this huge power spike, unbelievable power spark, spike spike uh, to start out the season. You can see it in our rolling charts. It's way above 90th percentile. Uh, the, this spike it's, it's amazing how much power he brought to the table. And then it just fell off right to where he goes from significantly above 90th percent percentile uh, in his rolling 75 batted ball events to about 50 or 60 batted balls later that, rolling average dropped to 25th percentile and it stayed there for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and actually, unfortunately, that's a little closer to what he had done in samples in the past, right? This is not a guy who necessarily projected for big power. Now, there's a couple reasons you could try to explain this. Number one, the contact ability was always there. It's always, you know, 75th percentile or better, including in our PLV stats. He's excellent at making contact. So that didn't go away. It's not as though the power went away because he couldn't hit stuff. He still hit stuff the problem. It's one of two things. Number one uh, is that it's like a total fluke, right? That he just hit this groove, uh, sort of like a Yuli Gurriel kind of thing. And just found this half of a season where he could rake. And then it all went away and he went back to the player that he was. Mm. The, and I, I hate comparing him to Yuli Gurriel because unfortunately this is exactly what that looked like.
1: <laughs> mm. uh, and
2: he has a similar play discipline sort of profile as Yuli Gurriel. So uh, hopefully that is you know isn't the right one i also saw
1: that you know th- th- i mentioned his last 49 games 241 batting average with two home runs A- and if you look at his average exit velocity he lost three miles per hour off of that so you wonder maybe there was some kind of underlying injury or something why would you lose that much off your average uh exit velocity that's kind of strange. yeah I-
2: I wondered the same thing. I didn't find anything based on injury, right? I mean, there's a little bit out there to suggest that, although that, I mean, that's a huge drop-off. Yeah. The other was actually a guy named Chris Black from Sportsnet out in Canada. He has this really cool Twitter thread that I linked to in the article. And what he talks about is that pitchers started really jamming him on the inner half of the plate, Mm. right? Uh, His pull rate totally drops. He goes from 37% pull rate with 53% on inside pitches. It goes down to 25% pull rate, 37% on inside pitches. We know that power comes to the pull field, not the push field, not up the middle, Mm -hmm. right? We know that pulled fly balls are the peak of power. He just stops being able to pull the ball. Uh, He starts slapping the ball all over the field, which again, great for batting average, but not power. He's got to find that pulled fly ball ability. He's got to be able to handle inside pitches it's a great Twitter thread by, by Chris black. I recommend you check it out. Cause this was actually something they did against like every good blue Jay hitter, but mm-hmm. Kirk really struggled to adjust against that. And that's one way to, I mean, getting jammed a whole bunch is a good way to lose three miles an hour off that bad ball velocity. Sure. Because again, if all you're doing is slapping that ball to the opposite way, it's not hard. You'll still get a good batting average out of it, right? Plunking that thing over the shortstop and third baseman or uh, for, you know, or whatever, right? Just getting it right over the infielders. He's a righty. So it was probably just, you know, pop it over the first and second baseman. Um, he's more slapping the ball everywhere, but that's not, that's not a way to be a power hitter. So you may want to adjust. I mean, I think a lot of the projections are, are giving him this about the same or more number of home runs that he had last season. I think that's a little bit scary. Yeah. Right.
1: Especially because you also that he hits so many ground balls too. Not only, yeah. you know, that he gets jammed, but
2: But, and so what I would say is I'm not saying he can't hit this 15 to 16 home runs, but I would look at these projections as quite rosy, right? These aren't 50th percentile projections in terms of home run for me. These are more like 60, 70 percentile projections. That means you really don't want to go above what they're doing. Like Steamer gives him 18 home runs in 116 games. Man, that, that to me looks more like a power ceiling for Mm. Alejandro Kirk, unless we see that return to some pulled fly balls. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what's got to happen. Dimensions don't matter, right? Because the way that Kirk hits the dimensions of the stadium don't really matter because he's not getting close to the walls most of the time. Right. Right. These are slaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are Yuli Gurriel, Luis Arias, Jeff McNeil sort of slaps. Right. And he's only he's got he's got to either find a way to fight off these inside pitches to the point where pitchers stop giving them to him or he needs to learn how to lay off those. And when they don't give him something inside, he's got to be able to pull that ball and get it out of here. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of just constantly doing this inside out hitting, which again, very effective for batting average and probably what he's been trained to do his entire life, but it is not how he'll get the power back. So there's also a question of do they want him to change it that much? Right? He still hit 285 for God's sake. Right. 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 Like this was still a 129. Uh, WRC plus. He was a 3.8 WAR player at catcher in 139 games. Uh, he's going to get plenty of plate appearances, which I love. I mean, he's a decent bet for 500 because they. It's not. He's not just a catcher. He's worth DHing, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the high batting average. Him and Danny Jansen. And Danny Jansen had a nice spike last year too, but he might not be that good. He's not been that good really before, so we may see even more pressure to get Alejandro keep Alejandro Kirk in that lineup. So I I like Kirk. I just. There was a lot of heat coming in, especially early off season. Of this is your sleeper catcher. This is a guy. I rank him pretty high, but it's very hard for me to rank him. Like I just don't see a path to top five without that power.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Good analysis uh, on your part. Uh, and uh, be looking for those tweets uh, from Chris Black because uh, just trying to figure out yeah how does this guy lose three miles per hour on his average exit velocity, but uh, good explanation. Um, so uh, let's move on to the next tier. And uh, we've got the Contreras brothers in this, in this tier, uh, Wilson Contreras, MJ Melendez, William Contreras and uh, Sean Murphy. Um, so yeah, first time in a long time that there's a new catcher in St. Louis for the Cardinals. You know, I did notice he hasn't had a uh, good success at Bush stadium, uh, obviously, it also has to do with the quality of pitching on the Cardinals staff. But, uh, um, you know, uh, let's see. Batted 265 against the Cards when he faced them at Wrigley. But when he faced the Cards when he was a Cub and played in St. Louis, he only batted 228 uh, with a 378 slug. So I just thought I'd just bring that up there. But uh, last season missed some time due to hamstring and ankle injuries, but still managed a three straight. 20 home run uh, seasons. That's a non-COVID abbreviated seasons, right? Um, He has a 26 homer, 81 RBI, 162 game average. And no uh, young chicken here, 31 years old, but I think he's still got some good years ahead of him.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's one of these guys, you know, I'll actually start with the weird part, which is I think he can get a couple more steals. Right. These these rule changes going, you know, going to St. Louis. I think he could steal maybe like he's had he had four in 2022. He had five in 2021. I could see six or seven. Right. Mm-hmm. He's got a little he's still got a little bit of uh, hitch in his giddy up there. He can still get there. there uh, he's age 31 yeah. season.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: he, he still got it. But you know, he as you mentioned, he did miss some time last year. Still managed 22 home runs. Still, mm-hmm. you know, almost 500 played appearances. That's what you're looking for. Uh, in catcher, he's going to a team that is very willing to play one guy every single day, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. did it for Yadi till he was much older than Wilson Contreras. Now goes to a team that's, I think, very familiar with him. Uh, I think they've always known how to pitch him. The one thing that's weird here, and this was actually something I talked about with uh, we, she didn't know she was talking to me about it, but Sarah Sanchez, mm-hmm. who's a you know, she really follows the Cubs closely. She's an excellent analyst. One thing she mentioned about the human element of the game is. His entire professional career has been with the Cubs. Wilson Contreras has always been with the Cubs. He's been with the Cubs for you know, darn near a decade. Right? I mean, he's, he started yeah. his minor league, actually, sorry, more than a decade. He started his minor league career at the age of 17 in 2009 as part mm. of the Cubs. Right? So he's going 2009 through 2022. Like there are fantasy players who were, who've been born after this time right. They're young, but they've been born after this time. And, you know, he's, he's going to a brand new environment. Luckily. I mean, he is an old pro he's been in Bush stadium more times than any of us. Right. I mean, he's, Mm -hmm. he's been there a lot uh, as part of the Cubs. He should at least be a little bit comfortable, but he is going to an entirely new environment. And that, that could be something to think about. However, his dependability at the plate uh for for Wilson Contreras is just really hard to ignore. The batting average isn't quite as good as it used to be, mm-hmm. but it it's something where it's good enough for catcher, right? 240, 250, that sounds about right. Uh that's something I think he can still do. And, you know, 20 home runs. He's got 20 home runs in each of his last three full seasons, as you mentioned, without the COVID year. Uh mm-hmm. he also had it in 2017. He has that one power outage in 2018, and that's it. You really like, you know, 20 home runs. You really like the counting stats, right? Probably somewhere like 130, 140 combined runs in RBI. That's excellent at catcher, right? If you can get more than 120 combined, you're looking pretty good. Again, four catcher. Uh, he he kind of can do it all. He's an excellent catcher in the sense that you don't pay up for him, right? He's not anyone's sleeper coming into this season. He's right. really done well with, you know, strikeout rate really spiked last season. Uh, We saw it up at 28% made it. The adjustment we saw is not a fluke. Uh, If you look at the rolling chart on his strikeout rate, I've got it in the article. There's this big spike that happens in 2021, 2022, his biggest spike barely puts him over 25% for a rolling 30 game average. Mm -hmm. So he's got that back under control. So he's excellent in points leagues. I'm not worried about that strikeout rate one bit. It's a one year anomaly. So And it's also what hurt his batting average, right? He was down at two thirty-seven last season up to two forty-three this year. And I think that's, you know, that's still probably closer to the low side for him. So I really like what he brings to the table. Wilson Contreras, just one of these safe catchers. No one's going to be like, Oh, nice pick Wilson Contreras, but it's really safe. It's a guy you'll, especially if you like to set it and forget it catcher. This is one of the, one of the great set it and forget it catchers. You're just not going to have to think about it. And we're starting to run out of those Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. next guy. MJ Melendez uh, for the Royals, catcher and outfield eligible. Uh, we briefly mentioned him earlier when we talked about Salvador Perez. Uh, we even spoke about him a, a few episodes ago, uh, second-year players. All right? uh, power bat, but looks like could be a potential drain on your fantasy team's batting average. Uh, on a positive note, batted 217, but... Expected batting average was 237. Uh, another guy with some uh, righty lefty splits that we should talk about uh, batted a 193 with a 664 OPS against right handed pitchers. And that's 348 at bat. So that's a significant amount of at bats uh, against lefties. Batted 295 with an 839 OPS.
2: Yeah, that he did. You know, one thing about him uh, that's fairly unique for catcher is he leads off which on one hand makes the batting average actually was, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about it much. I just recorded and it's out today, the episode for on the wire uh, with Adam, how Kevin Hastings, and we talked about players who have a bigger impact on your batting average because of the number of plate appearances in volume. Unlike other catchers, Melendez really is going to rack up plate appearances at the top of this lineup. So that negative batting average could hurt you a little bit more than others, but also especially in like head to head kind of ca- formats like points or in head-to-head categories, I just don't care that much. Uh, the splits don't trouble me quite yet. I think it's something worth knowing. But again, with these young players, it's hard to know how that's going to work going forward. The biggest thing you're getting from, and you know his batting average was better in 2021 in the minors. Right? Hmm. So... Uh, I think yeah, the righty I mean, lefty
1: problem wasn't that as pronounced in minor league uh, action, so just to throw that out there, Sorry.
2: yeah, so mm-hmm. he could adjust to that. I, I like mm-hmm. him for 20 home runs, I like him for you know five or so steals on a team that's always just historically been very aggressive on the base paths. I, I think Melendez is a guy who he's going to get tons of playing time, he's never going to start in your outfield. Like, just get that. There's no format where MJ Melendez needs to be in your outfield. Uh if if he was only outfield eligible, he'd be barely draftable, right? Because this profile is just Lane Thomas, but plays less. You know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I think I think MJ Melendez is a guy who can hit twenty home runs, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even a little more. He had eighteen last season. He could find a couple more. He has decent uh I, I think he'll have much more in the in the run scored area. I think he could definitely eighty would be a little bit of a stretch, but he could get there. The I mean, Bobby Wick got a bunch of them last year, right? Mm. Uh, And he'll be batting in front of him. So I think he could get those 80 runs scored at the top of a lineup for a full season. The RBI count is probably not going to get better. In fact, it might even go down because leadoff hitters just don't get RBI. But MJ Melendez, just a guy who I think can put up stats with pure volume even if the batting average is no good we're starting to get to the point where you have to sort of sacrifice one or two things he could steal five bases but you give up batting average uh you know 220 230 i think is sort of the realistic sort of midpoint projection i think some places look at it a little bit higher and that'd be cool i just i'm not sure that's actually in the works for mj melendez but the plate discipline's fine right the obp is actually better because he does walk uh he he'll probably walk more than 10% of the time for so melendez in an obp league i'm not saying you should necessarily bump him up your rankings but you can definitely keep him where he is for sure he's just not he's not going to hurt you in obp like you will with batting average cuz that obp should sit around 315 320 325 depending on how everything shakes out if he can bring that strikeout rate down a little we'll see but he's he's a good offensive catcher with volume and it's mm. volume 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 Nope. So volume matters. Uh, he's he's ranked eighth. I don't you know, I don't see a path to top five value from Jay Melendez. He's not like a sleeper who could really explode. But it's also hard to see him falling out of this top, you know, 10 or 12 or so. Uh, he's, he's not someone you'll need to platoon. Uh, he's not someone who's going to sit. It's hard to see him falling out of that just with the pure volume. And then he's got enough skill with the bat.
1: Right. Yeah. And you talked about volume, you know, that he's going to be leading off and all. And, uh, you know, with Perez there, he's not going to be catching every day. But like I said, uh, outfield eligible, played a lot of outfield last season as well. So I think you're right. You're going to see his bat in the lineup every day. So uh, but uh, question. So uh, if the Contreras family uh, at, you know, had a family reunion and they had a softball game, who would play catcher? Would it be William or, or Wilson? uh so next guy we're going to talk about is uh brewers catcher william Contreras. uh good power numbers for a guy who has a tendency of hitting a ton of ground balls uh 2022 season 53 percent ground ball rate um uh, still managed to hit 20 home runs 45 rbi good batting average 278 uh not loving his uh you know plate discipline 28 percent k rate uh and uh sure that that contributed a little bit to his 243 uh, expected batting average so um i don't know is he the kind of guy like a, a javi baez where his plate discipline might catch up to him i mean he had a 42 and percent whiff rate on breaking balls 39.4 percent on off-speed stuff uh, i mean i love the the new ballpark the hitters park but just a little uh, wary about the swings and misses
2: yeah and i don't think those are going away This is, this is a player. I mean, if you look at the rolling charts, which, you know, I did, uh, his, (laughs) his walk rate quite stable around 10%. So that's good. Uh, it makes this plate discipline playable, particularly in real life for a catcher. But in fantasy, we did see that strikeout rate get worse as the season went on. We also know using our PLV stats that this is not a guy who makes good decisions, right? At no point last season was his decision value in two strike counts. Average. He got close. Uh, but, you know, we saw some dips. We also saw that his contact ability is below average. Uh, at times, it's considerably below average, right? His his season average for contact ability was just a bit lower than 25th percentile. So mm-hmm. three out of four hitters have better contact ability than Wilson Contr- sorry, William Contreras. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strikeout rate's just going to be a problem. Again, the OBP is not a problem and I'm stunned. I mean, the batting average was really good last season. I -hmm. think part of it was just a, I wonder if it was a Babbitt correction. Right, I mean, I, I hate to just throw that out there because it always feels so lazy, but 265 in his first 52 games, Babbitt, and then 344 for the remaining 97. We've got more than a full season out of him. And I think it gives you a, a decent idea of at least what the plate discipline and power looks like, right? In 153 career games, he has 28 home runs and a 28% strikeout rate. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to play that long right now, the reason we don't project him for anything close to that this season, probably project him closer to 20 is because He's a catcher, so he's not going to play 150 games. He's more. We're starting to get to the point where we're seeing the catchers who are going to play, you know, 120 games as sort of a ceiling for them. Mm -hmm. That's why Melendez is ranked right above him because I think 120 is almost a floor for a healthy Melendez, whereas it's closer to a ceiling for a healthy William Contreras. So that volume matters. Batting average should be okay, especially at catcher, maybe 230, 240, something like that. The power, very real, and he's going to bat fourth. Uh, according to roster resource right now. I'm wondering how long that'll stick around, especially if the strikeout rate uh, really starts to plague him more. Or if we see rebound from a guy like Jesse Winker, who could move in front of him. Uh mm. If we see Garrett Mitchell get a bit of a breakout, William Contreras is sitting at fourth right now uh, in that, in that lineup, but I could see him dropping. You know, again, uh, Luis Urias could really move up. I, I like him as a hitter. And I think that he's got a, a bit more ability as a hitter. He's currently their third baseman. We could see William Contreras fall a bit. We know that he'll platoon a, a, at least a little bit uh, with Victor Gar- uh, Caratini, who's a decent defensive catcher. Guy can't hit worth a lick, but it doesn't matter because he's a catcher. Uh, so we've got, we've got a catcher who, again, hits in the heart of a lineup, and that's good. And, and the top of this lineup is fine. Yelich, Adamas, Telez, Contreras, uh, Winker, and Urias behind him. That's a good place to be. It, it's a good catcher. You're not going to need to stream at all uh, and there's no reason to suggest that he's not healthy. But, you know, that that 265 batting average, uh, or sorry, 278 batting average that he had this last season, that's really hard to imagine happening again. Uh, his his supporting cast is a little worse than he had in Atlanta.
0: Hmm. And
2: for William Contreras, I mean, I, I think you're hoping you get what you got last season. And right, I, think I think that's a reasonable thing to, mm-hmm. with, with less batting average. If you can get what you got last season with less batting average, I think you should feel good. And that's a good catcher. Uh, especially with more playing time. I do think he'll play more than he did last season, uh, which was only 97 games. Uh, so, you know, the 20 home runs, a, a few more counting stats uh, because he's going to play more. So like 120 combined runs in RBI, probably split down the middle. The plate discipline will be fine. I mean, for a catcher, right? Because he walks enough LBP leagues. It'll, it's pretty neutral. I think batting average leagues, it's a little worse than that. But again, there's a decent player here. Uh, but you know we've we've we're only you know we're, we're we've been recording for a while and we're only in the top ten and that's because we're gonna have we're gonna stop being able to talk about guys here pretty soon <laughs> we <We're laughs> right,
1: right. out we got a good one that uh, we're gonna take a quick break now but we got a really good one that we're gonna talk about right after this and we're back hacks and jacks a fantasy baseball podcast Joe Galina and Scott Jew breaking down. The catcher position. Um, Yeah, you never answered my question. Who would be the starting catcher in the Contreras family? Would it be Wilson or uh,
2: William? Oh, it's got to be Wilson, right? Mm. I mean, I I just everything that will William Contreras has more raw power. Mm. But when it comes to what the final stat lines are look like, it's hard to imagine William beating Wilson in any category. Mm hmm. Right. right. I think they could be close. And again, the home run potential is higher, right? Mm -hmm. Same number of games played. I think it's really close, but I don't think it'll be the same number of games played. I think Wilson's going to play more and play more at with okay power, right? right? They'll both get to 20 home runs. The slugging won't be the same, but overall, I think the final stats will look very similar.
1: Yeah, but Wilson always said that William was his mother's favorite, so I don't know. No, But but, but, anyway, but anyway, so the last catcher in this tier of yours, uh, Sean Murphy got traded to the Braves, got away from the Oakland mausoleum, and uh, a lot of people excited. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe. Having him uh, uh, as my fantasy catcher on some of my teams this year. Uh, Home away splits last season, 226, 702 at home in the mausoleum. Away, 272 with an 812 OPS. Still in his prime, uh, 23 homers, 72 RBI, 162 game average. So uh, was able to, you know, still put up some pretty impressive career numbers uh, even while playing his home games in Oakland. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what are we thinking? What kind of a bump are we looking at for uh, Sean Murphy, if any? So,
2: Sean Murphy is a premier defensive catcher. That means playing time. That's how mm-hmm. you should understand catcher defensive stats. They actually defensive stats matter quite a bit for catchers. Cause it, it can dictate how much they play. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. Sean Murphy played 148 games last season. He's had injury issues a little bit throughout his career. So it's hard to, you know, projection systems are putting him at that number. And if, if he plays that many, if you told me that you went to the future, you came back, you'll tell me one thing about Sean Murphy and said he played 140 games. He might be, he might be at the top of this tier, right? Uh, simply because that's that's a lot of games to play for a very good offense. So uh, I, this tier is really tightly packed, right? The Contreras brothers, MJ Melendez, Sean Murphy. It's this last chunk of really safe catchers that you feel really good about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's healthy, he does play a whole bunch of games. He hits probably close to 20 home runs. He, his career high right now is 18. That was in Oakland. Atlanta's a better place to hit. Uh, Oakland is a place where hitters go to die giant file, foul, foul territory, uh, huge I mean, huge ballpark. It, it's a horrible place to hit. Uh, he still managed to hit 250 last season as well. That's better than we've ever seen before. A lot of that comes from the improved strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that's what he is and there's no reason not to, uh, he, he's still fairly young. He's going into his age 28 season. This is a 20 home run guy, plenty of counting stats. He could be a, a neutral Sort of batting average guy at about 250. He could be a, a bit of a plus in, mm-hmm. in OBP. He's got a couple seasons now. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of them are very short seasons, but we've seen him have these OBPs of 330 or better uh in the past. There's, he could definitely do that again. <clears throat> I think he's someone who I feel really good about. I, I kind of in a lot of single catcher leagues, I sort of want whoever I get from this tier. Like the I just want the last one. Right. Whichever one's the last one available. I want that right Mm -hmm. now there's reasons i'll select guys ahead of this because the value is really good but if everyone's kind of taken a little earlier than i want i'm just going to be thinking to myself i want the last catcher from this tier because they're all quite good they're all plug-in plays you never think about it again you're never going to carry anyone in a single catcher league needs to know this right now unless it's draft and hold or giant rosters you are never keeping a bench catcher that's never never ever right And, and the the two catchers that are outfield eligible uh should just be your catcher, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're not going to take two of them. There's just no, because you would have needed to draft them much earlier because of their catcher el- eligibility. There's, this is the one position where eligibility matters a ton for where you're drafted, right? We already talked about how Varsho falls, uh, but of course that doesn't matter. I, that's, that doesn't matter about Sean Murphy, but Sean Murphy, I want the last catcher in this tier. It might be Sean Murphy. It might not be, but if it is, I'm going to feel really good uh sean murphy right now projected to bat fifth and we've we see we saw them do this with travis Mm darno right there's no it i'm not entirely you know at at first i thought they might platoon murphy at catcher but now i'm starting to think that he might dh because right now the dh they've got penciled in is marcelo zuna and he's no good right he's he's not he's not just i mean he's just he's no good in a lot of ways you can take that however you want to take that he's no good but uh he's also you know he's 32 they've They've got him on the roster, so they're going to play him, I guess. But he shouldn't be in the outfield. Uh, yeah. He sh- he doesn't need to DH all the time, so I do expect Darno to take some of those. He might catch just a little bit too when Sean Murphy does need an off day. Signed a long contract, so I think the Atlanta does want to keep him preserved just a little. We don't need that many off days. You know, probably he'll probably get less than you know, maybe one a week, maybe less. So again, Murphy, very good. If the more the reason I'm talking about him so much and kind of rambling is because part of me wants to move him up in these rankings. The more I think about mm. it, I was a little surprised uh, you had
1: him as as low as you did.
2: Yeah, but, but uh, again, this 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 tier's so tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so so tight. I, I kind of almost accept any shuffle up, except mm. for the two Contreras brothers. Like I almost put Wilson Contreras in his own tier because I do like him better than the rest of the catchers in this tier. But if you shuffled up the rest of it, I'd always just kind of be like, okay, yeah, sure. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, get the last one from this tier if you can. But if you can't, I mean, Sean Murphy, if you want to move him up a little bit, especially in OBP leagues, I think you should.
1: Yeah. You're, you have him as your 10th ranked, right? And uh, so does NFPC in terms yeah, of ADP. But, so- and let's,
2: let's be clear. The, the, the tier break we're hitting right now. I know you're about <laughs> to lead it into tier four. This <laughs> tier break is massive. It's massive especially in single catcher leagues. Mm-hmm. This this is the line of either you're streaming or you're not. You get one of the first 10 catchers, you're not streaming. You don't, you should be ready for it.
1: Yeah. I think you were talking so much about Sean Murphy because you don't want to talk about this tier. <laughs> <laughs> because it starts to kind of, you know, jumping off the cliff a little bit. But uh, you
2: I got you- one thing to say just about, uh, about almost every catcher left. That's it.
1: <laughs> so we've got catchers number 11 through 15, Cal Raleigh uh, from the Mariners, Tyler Stevenson uh, for the Reds, Travis Darnot, you you talked about him briefly from the Braves, uh, Kyber Ruiz from the uh, Nationals, and Danny Jansen, who we alluded to real quick uh, from the Blue Jays. So uh, Cal Raleigh, uh, a lot, a lot of power, but kind of reminds me a little bit of Mike Zanino with that batting average, right? You know, uh he batted 211 last season uh but 27 home runs, 63 RBI in 119 games. So I look at his minor league career and in four seasons had a 2.75 batting average so it gives me a little bit of hope. But uh you know 29.4% K rate, uh much better on the road by the way. Uh away 2.44 batting average with a 961 OPS at home 180 with a 600, 180 batting average with a 600 uh, OPS uh, got a little better as the season wore on, but what do you have to say about Cal Riley? What's the one thing you have to say about him?
2: This is actually probably my, if you want to say that I have a catching sleeper, it's it's Cal, right? It's the him. big dumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had 27 home runs last season. I think he can do it again. The interesting thing to me. Uh, and again, this doesn't necessarily mean he's entirely changed, but if you look at our PLV numbers, he got really good at a lot of things towards the end of the season. His mm-hmm. decision value around the 10th percentile For his first, uh, his rolling 200 pitches, two strike counts after about 350 huge spike up. He ends the season close to the 90th percentile in decision value, that rolling decision value. So huge jump there. What does it come from? In two strike counts, strike zone judgment. It all came from when to swing and when not to swing pitchers likely started attacking him outside the zone more because they knew that he loved to swing and he got used to it quick, Right. So he he ends in the 90th he starts the season around the 10th to 25th percentile in rolling strike zone judgment which is simply did did you if you didn't swing was it a ball if you did swing when it was a strike he gets to the 90th percentile by the end of the year it's a straight shot up starting again at about 350 pitches something happens about mm. 350 pitches into the season that he's like oh is this how I do it is this mm. how I how I play baseball at this level it went out of the up charge- above the head Yeah. And we we never saw the power. So the power was 75th percentile or better the entire season. And towards the end, as he starts making better decisions, guess what? He goes from a bit like considerably above 90th percentile to elite level above 90th percentile, Mm -hmm. right? Way above his season average is probably somewhere in like the 95th percentile, 96th percentile ends the season, probably even higher 98th, 99th percentile. Uh, our power metric is about expected bases added per batted ball event. So when he hits the ball, he hits it really, really hard, really like him. Uh, this is the last guy I'm going to talk a lot about because that's my sleeper. If I don't get yeah, yeah. someone from the top 10, this is the one I want. Yes. I see the batting average could be bad. I think it could be better though, simply mm-hmm. because he's starting, he started to make much better decisions at the plate towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First 25 games. 38.5% K-rate with a 129 <laughs> batting average. Uh, then those last 94 games, um, 27.3% K-rate. Still high, but a you know, significant drop. And a 230 batting average uh, with a 137 WRC+. plus. So, yeah, definitely some uh, improvement as the season wore on. But uh, a lot of power. So... Uh like you mentioned at the start of the podcast, one of the only uh catchers that could hit 30 home runs this season. Next guy we'll talk about Tyler Stevenson for the Reds. Very good hit tool, just needs to stay healthy. I mean, if healthy, I think he's a fifteen home or two seventy-five average kind of guy.
2: Yeah, he'll probably be drafted in every league. Uh you need to be ready to stream if you have him because he could be hurt. If he's healthy, he should be fine. Um if, if you told me he played a full season, he'd be in the tier above this. Uh, but there's no way you'd ever tell me that's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. because you just, you can't possibly believe that right now. Injuries have just been a big deal. So he's got top 10 catcher upside, but the injuries are a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Travis Dorno, uh, we spoke about him real quick. Uh, a few minutes ago, I mean, I think a lot of fantasy baseball managers are going to overlook him and I can't really blame him. But, you know, when I looked at his numbers from last season, weren't terrible. Uh, 18 home runs, 60 RBI with a 268 batting average in 107 games. Uh, the uh, projection models only have him to play, you know, uh, 95 to 102 games or so. Um, 15 home runs, decent batting average. The question is, how many at-bats is he going to get, right?
2: Yeah, he's not going to be batting fourth anymore, fifth, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really the story. He's batted fourth or fifth for Atlanta pretty much ever since he got there. Uh, And that's not the case anymore. He's probably going to be closer to the bottom of that lineup. He's going to be really sort of a backup player. It's hard to project more than 90 to 100 games. That's true for a lot of the catchers coming up. Look, he's decent. He's not a sleeper. He's not going to do anything great, but he won't hurt you. Uh, in the ratios, like a lot of other catchers, will, he doesn't have a good OBP, but who cares? Um, no, very few catchers do at this point. And he's, he's going to hit double digit home runs. So he's fine in two catcher leagues. I mean, he's, he's a good, he's a very good second catcher, single catcher leagues. Uh, if you're streaming, you'll probably roster him at some point this season, probably several times.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Kiba Ruiz. Uh, 14th catcher uh, by your rankings for the Nationals. I, I like this guy. I think he's going to eventually develop into a legitimate fantasy uh, catcher, someone that you look to draft in one catcher leagues, but not yet. Uh, do like his plate discipline. I uh, uh, wish I could talk. Like his plate discipline with uh, that uh, 11.5% uh, percent K rate, um, is expected batting average, expected slug, expected wobble, all higher than the actual numbers. 86.5% big league Career contact rate in a, in a you know short career, but very impressive. And minor leagues batted uh, three hundred one with an eight hundred eight OPS in six minor league si- uh, seasons. So I think there's hope for him. I don't know if, if this is going to be the season, though.
2: Yeah, he's the store brand, Alejandro Kirk. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, and then uh, the fifteenth guy that you uh, on your rankings, Danny Jansen. Uh, you mentioned you know had uh, a good season last year, fifteen homers, two sixty batting average in seventy two games. Uh, missed a lot of time, uh, oblique and hand injury. Uh, yeah, that, the home runs and RBI career average, even the batting average. Uh, but uh, you kind of question whether or not he could do it
2: again. I mean, it was a big step forward. There's a lot of things to like about what he did. I mean, the 10% walk rate, 17.7% strikeout rate, plate discipline looked great. The power looked great. Um, playing time is a question mark, not just because he's going to be sharing that catcher role with Alejandro Kirk, but because he's been injured a ton. He only played 70 games in 2021. Uh, he played 107 games in 2019, but we've never seen him play more than that. So mm-hmm. when you haven't done it yet, I mean, again, there, there's some ceiling here, right? Uh, this is almost like, Sort of your your budget William Contreras, right? Mm-hmm. Like with just a lot, it's William Contreras with a lot more risk and no starting right.
1: job. All right, so we're coming to the end here, and the next tier has Shea Langoliers, Gabriel Marino, Joey Bart, Mitch Garver. Any one of those four, you think, could uh, leapfrog into a top fifteen? Maybe uh, you know Gabriel Marino has a good pedigree, but you know uh, Carson Kelly still uh, with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, Joey Bart and uh, just not panning out and uh, Mitch Garver with the, the Rangers uh, has some power. But any anyone out of the, the lower tiers that you think could propel themselves into a top 15 catcher?
2: So Gabriel Marino has he does have an excellent hit tool, just hasn't it hasn't developed quite yet. Um, in terms of doing what we want for a long period of time, it hasn't come with any power is the problem. Mm-hmm. He can make the contact. He hit 319 73. played appearances in the major leagues last, uh, last season. He, he's never going to be a threat to hit 20 home runs. Uh, so it's just batting average and OBP. And then the counting stats will depend on where they let him hit the, the catcher in front of him. Carson Kelly, not a super healthy guy. Uh, he he's missed time and he's not someone that necessarily the Diamondbacks are looking at long-term. So Gabriel Marino is probably the one I care about. Shea is all power contact problems. And he's in Oakland. That's no good. Yeah. Joey Hart. if he can just show some better play discipline, right? Uh, which he did. 38.5% for- K
1: rate. That's not showing yeah. you. The-
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he's shown little flashes of it. He just can't keep it up. Um, it, otherwise, you know, as of right now, he's a streamer when he goes to Colorado. Uh, the other guy in this tier, Mitch Garver. If he plays, yeah, he's got power, but he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how yeah, that goes, got- right? But I mean,
1: might steal some at-bats from him as well.
2: Yeah, and he walks. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. But that's it. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, like I said, a lot better uh, and you, you phrase it right. Like top 10, really a, a lot better, uh, talent at the catcher position kind of drops off, uh, you know, g- getting to a top 15 is a little tough, but the top 10 has the, the universe has expanded <laughs> when it comes to fantasy catchers.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I'll talk this entire last tier, right. It's like 11 dudes <laughs> ranked 20 and below. Uh, I'll, I'll say a couple things, um, you know, get off the Eric Haas bandwagon. If you were ever on it, uh, the mm-hmm. guy just, he's, he's way too aggressive at the plate. He'll probably move down in the lineup as the young Tigers get better. He has Monty Grandall Don't get cute. He's too injured. The skills are too bad. Even with all that walk rate, that OBP is going to be hard to be above 300. Cause he can't hit Zanino is still Mike Zanino. Um, mm-hmm. you stream him for power, uh, Gary Sanchez. If he finds a team, even if he plays full time, he's a power streamer, nothing more, uh, uh, and you know the two catchers that are sort of interesting here, who I at, once they get called up, they'll matter. I won't talk about them a lot because it's more of a prospect thing. Francisco Alvarez for the Mets, he's a top twenty prospect yes. in all of football. He yes. could be very interesting if you find some time at the major league level. And Andy Rodriguez of the Pirates, another catching, uh, pitching, sorry, catching prospect. Uh, he's definitely more of a hit tool guy than Alvarez, uh, though he did hit some home runs in the minors last season, twenty five of them. The Pirates are terrible about bringing young players up; just one of the worst in baseball uh they're up there with the rockies in terms of how they jerk players around but he's definitely got some ratios to him uh and so he could be very interesting if he comes up late in the season and you're in that streaming catcher game and also of course in dynasty these are two of the best catchers that you can get your hands on in terms of prospects in alvarez and Andy rodriguez
1: All right, very good so I think that just about slams the lid on things for today uh, Scott, you got to go uh, curl right uh, I've got to go uh, babysit a uh, pug puppy and make some beef stew uh, you could follow my man Scott Chew at if the chew fits you could follow me at Joe Galena and uh, like we always say, hoping uh, that all your fantasies become realities and we'll see you next time.